The following audio is presented by Grace Church. For more about us, visit discovergrace.com, or you can download our free app by searching Grace Church Orlando on your phone or tablet. Now, we hope you enjoy the message. Awesome. Super excited about tonight for two reasons. First one is, for the first time ever at Grace Oviedo, we are going to have sermons available online to watch, not just listen to. So super excited about that. We've never, yeah, y'all can, y'all can clap for that. Super excited about that. So they'll be available, I think, on Mondays typically, and, and you can share those, watch them if you miss it, all, all that kind of thing. Second thing is we are kicking off a brand new series, Finding Momentum, Unsticking Your Spiritual Life. Super excited about that. So I want to start out with a story of a buddy of mine. I've told a couple of his stories before. His name's John Pauling. I went to college with him. And he, um, he was a recent convert to Christianity right before college. His story is he was a partier. He was a drinker. And so he, um, he came to Christ and at the same time realized, oh, man, I need to make so many changes in my life. I'm going to start attending AA. Alcoholics Anonymous. And so he starts going. This is a 12-step program. And as he's going through it, one of the steps is, is that you would make amends with someone who you hurt while being either drunk or, or just in, inebriated, whatever you want to call it. And so this person that came to his mind as he was praying, he's going, okay, God, like, who do you want me to talk to? Who do you want me to make amends with? And so this person automatically came to his mind, and it was a lady in his neighborhood. He was driving and drinking one night, ran over her mailbox and just went on home and she had no idea. So obviously her mailbox is fixed at this point. It was months ago, but he's like, all right, God, I need to make amends. And so I'm going to call her up and I'm going to talk it out with her. So he calls this lady up who lives in his neighborhood and he says, hey, I just want you to know I was the guy who ran over your mailbox. I'm sorry, right? And she's like, okay, this is awkward, but I appreciate you giving me a call. You know, I've already fixed it. So he goes, is there anything that I can do to make this up to you? Anything at all? And she goes, you know what? Actually, there is. I'm going out of town in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to be gone for an entire week, and I've got two prize-winning show dogs, okay? I would love for you to take care of them for me. So all you got to do is just feed them, give them water, watch over them, take them out a couple of times during the week. And and like that would be, man, I would be so appreciative. Like that would be so helpful for me. And so he's like, listen, lady, I am on it. I've got you covered. Just consider it done. You give me all the details. We'll work it out later, right? And so they work out through all the details. And John is hanging out with all of his friends a few weeks later, right? And he's sitting in his chair. And he's hanging out and he's talking. All of a sudden he sits up and he goes, oh my gosh, the dogs. Completely forgot. Like didn't go to drop some food off. Didn't go to give them any water. Didn't show any care for them. Didn't say, hey, let's go for a walk. I mean, none of the above. And so he's like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do? He's trying to like put himself together to go. And so he literally, he walks to her house. Okay. He walks to her house and he cringely knocks on the door, you know, and he goes, uh, you know, waiting, waiting, ringing the doorbell. A lady comes out and goes, you have some nerve to show up at my doorstep. 
Like, what are you doing? And he goes, ma'am, I am so sorry. I honestly, truly forgot. And I wasn't drinking. I wasn't doing Are your dogs okay? And she goes, yeah, my dogs are okay. There was a leaky faucet that they drank out of the entire week and made it. And he was like, oh my gosh, I'm so, I, I, I mean, what do you say at that point? Can you imagine? Like that, that's tough, man. Talk about dropping the ball. Can you imagine? It feels like, you know, like I talked about it in spiritual warfare. It's like, he's all excited. He comes to Jesus. He's pumped up. He's ready to go. He's trying to make amends. And then he drops the ball one step forward. It's not two steps back. It's like a mile back, right? I mean, he messed up and he can't fix it. There's nothing that he can do, right? Doesn't it feel that way in our lives often right now? Like as we're talking about spiritual momentum, it just feels like we have nosedived into it. I'll give you an example. So this is during the pandemic. This is during, you know, like a month in, two months in. Restaurants started to open back up. I go to Irish Rover, you know, the new Irish, newish Irish restaurant in Oviedo. We go, me and my wife, we're hanging out, no kids, having a good time. We show up. We see a couple of our friends at the bar, right? And we go up to talk to them. They actually attend this campus and we're talking to them. We're hanging out. We're having a good time. And they go, man, how are y'all doing? We're like, we're, we're hanging in there. You know, how are y'all doing? And the husband just stops and looks at us, actually to my wife, because I was over here talking to somebody else. I don't know what I was doing. But she's telling me this conversation. He looks at her and goes, man, I feel like I've lost all my momentum spiritually in this season. Like in January, I was reading my Bible. I was gung-ho. I was ready to go. We were in community. Everything was great. And then all of a sudden, I'm not reading my Bible I'm not praying. I'm not in community. We're not meeting as a church. And he said, just like, I've, I've lost my spiritual momentum. I feel like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe you got all this figured out, pastor, but I don't, right? And I don't either. It was tough for me. It's probably tough for every one of you. You feel like your spiritual momentum has taken a hit, right? I mean, do you feel like that in this season? Like it's just been tough. And so I'm excited that we're going to be starting the series because there's a promise attached to it. And so we're going to get to that in a minute. But I want to talk about momentum for a second. Okay. Momentum, the idea, I've got this ball. All right. Momentum, the idea behind it is, is that it has motion, right? It's constant motion. And so you can go ahead and come up, Mark. But so there's constant motion. It's energy that just goes forward, right? It's forward momentum, forward energy. And so it's a bit like this, right? So, you know, I've, I've got this ball and what do I do? I roll it. Okay. Yeah. Y'all give him a hand. Give him a hand. Come on. <laughs> so, but the idea is, is this constant momentum, this constant motion. Y'all give him another hand. That was fantastic. Right. But how many of you, man, you know, you know the laws of physics. If I was to roll that ball and Mark wasn't there and it was just a straight shot for a mile, what would happen to the ball? It would slow down and eventually it would, it would stop altogether, right? We know it's, it's entropy. It's, it's the idea that there's these outside pressures, this outside energy that's forcing against the ball. It's eventually going to start losing its momentum, and then it's going to stop altogether. Right? That's the picture. How many of you felt like 2020 was like this? Okay? If you were to just be honest. You felt like, man, it ain't like that. It's like this. 
It just nosedive, drop. Y'all get it up for Mark one more time. But that's the picture. It feels like, man, in this season right now, it just took a nosedive. Like all momentum, all energy, spiritually speaking. And, and can I just stay here for a minute? Maybe it's not just spiritually. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's the school system that you are leading and running. Or maybe, I mean, maybe it's the sports team that you're coaching and you feel like you're constantly trying to find momentum and you're going, God, where are you in all of this? What's going on in my life? And so spiritually, we're going to be talking about how do we rebuild in this season? That's what this text is all about in 2 Peter chapter 1. That's where we're headed. That's what we're talking about. And so how do we rebuild? It says in verse 5, as you just heard, we need to make every effort to supplement our faith. So he gives these seven disciplines, these seven characteristics, these seven things that we are to add to our faith. And we will grow in spiritual momentum. It's actually a promise. And so here's the thing. We're going to make every effort to do this in this season, in this series. But I'm going to ask some things of you. And if you want in, if you want to grow spiritually, if you want to have spiritual momentum, you should do these things. The first one, right out the gate, you should commit to attending every week. You should commit to showing up. What that means is, is God, I'm not just going to say that I want spiritual momentum. I'm not just going to act like I want spiritual momentum. No, I'm going to show up and I say, God, speak to me. God, do something through your word, through worship, through communion, as we join together. God, would you change my life? I'm going to commit that to you. I can't do everything, but I can show up on a Sunday night. I know the bucks are playing. I get it, God, but I'm going to show up right? Second one is that you would engage. And so if you can't make it one weekend for whatever reason, you're going to be out of town or something like that, engage online. Actually look up the sermon, watch it, talk to others about it. Say, God, would you speak to me? I'm going to try and apply this. I'm going to pray through it. I'm going to seek your word. I want you to change my life. The third one, invite others. Community helps. When you have your neighbors and your friends or your family member, when you invite somebody new to church, guess what happens? You re-engage. You go, okay, I got to pay attention. I mean, I invited my neighbor. I don't even know if they know Jesus. I need to apply this in my life. I need to talk about this in my life. I need to engage into the mission in my life. So show up, be here, engage, and invite. That's my challenge you right out of the gate. And I'm going to say it in a different way at the end. But here's the thing. In this series, if we're going to make every effort to intentionally add to our faith, we need to do these things. But not only that, I want you to see the outcome of this series. Now, this isn't Clint. Pastor Clint's not telling you, hey, if you do this stuff, this is what will happen to you. I'm going to read it from the Word of God. I'm going to show you what God's word says will happen in your life if you apply these principles to your life. Watch this. It's incredible. Verse 8. It's chapter 1, verse 8 of 2 Peter. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, if you're making every effort to increase these qualities in your life, 
If you're doing everything that you can to apply these principles to your life, look at this. They will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, if you apply this to your life, if you attend and say, God, I'm here, I'm showing up, help me change, help me grow spiritually, give me momentum in my life. I'm going to intentionally try and add these things in my life. Then you will have a fruitful life. How many of you feel ineffective right now? How many of you feel like, man, every time I talk to my neighbor, I, I, I feel like I don't know what to say. Or I, I lack power when it comes to my Christian life. Or I lack this witness. Or I lack this spiritual discipline. I lack all these things in my life. He's saying, hey, listen, if you'll pay attention and if you'll open your eyes and say, God, I'm here and I'm available. I surrender to you. I'm going to get to work in my faith. He says, you will be fruitful. But he doesn't just say that. Watch this. Verse 10. Therefore, brothers, he says the word again, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Big words. We're going to cover that later on in the series. Big words, though. Because if you do these things, you will never stumble. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I mean, I just said it, but I'm not the one with the power that's saying it. I'm not the one with the truth who's, who's backing this up. He said, you will never stumble. We're going to unpack that more. But the idea, generally speaking, is you're not going to drop the ball ultimately and finally. You're going to grow in your spiritual walk. You're going to be fruitful. You're not going to stumble to where it takes you out. And then he confirms that. Watch this. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be richly supplied to you. If you make every effort to say, I'm going to apply these things to my life, <laughs> it's going to be nothing but gold for you. It's going to be nothing but great for you. So even if you're kind of half-hearted in this, say, God, could you change my affections? I'm going to show up. I'm going to engage. I'm going to invite. But would you change me internally? Would you help me? Would you grow me? Would you do a work in me to where I know without a doubt my calling and my election is confirmed that I'm going to see you in heaven forever? Man, that's good news for us, right? Make every effort to make this happen. Okay, so I want to break down the things that he wants to add. This is an overview week, okay? So in verses 5 to 8, he breaks down, I want you to add to your faith these things. Here's a graph for you to th look at. It's just a visual. There we go. So it starts out, verse 5, he says, supplement your faith with goodness. So we're going to talk about next week. That's where we're headed. What does goodness look like in our lives? What does that word moral excellence, this goodness, what does that mean as we add it to our faith? Interesting, right? We say that we're saved by grace through faith, and it's not by works. So, so what does all this mean? It means that we're supplementing, we're adding to our faith, not to save us, but so that we can be spiritually effective in our homes, so that we can be spiritually effective at our jobs, so that we can be spiritually effective everywhere we go, that we can be in step with the Spirit. That's so encouraging. Even in a pandemic, even when all craziness is happening, we can be effective in Christ. 
So you add goodness. And to your goodness, you would add knowledge. Now, some of y'all are like super heady people and you're going, yeah, 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 knowledge. So there's going to be weeks where we're going to be talking about a certain concept and you're going to go, I am terrible at this. Or I'm really like just naturally God has prone me to think this way. So some weeks you're going to be encouraged. Some weeks you're going to be convicted. I'm just giving you a heads up. But either way, we are to add these things. So to knowledge, self-control. And it's almost a building block. And then to self-control, man, when you have a self-controlled life, all of a sudden you're living out godliness. And I just want to make a pitch right here. That week that we talk about godliness, it'll be a great week for you to invite your friends who are far from God. It's going to be a week where it's our first steps weekend. We are going to have the message of Jesus given too freely to everyone who visits. And so it's a great time to, vi- to invite someone like that. And then to godliness, mutual affection, and then to mutual affection, it's all crowned in love. So when you have faith and you add all these things, you are living a life of love. That's the ultimate goal in Christ. And so that's where we're headed. And so each week we are going to discuss making every effort to add these things, and you will be effective and useful in your walk, confirming your calling. But I want you to see something in this text before we start jumping into verse 5. And, you know, I don't want you to miss this. It's kind of what I was talking about during communion. I don't want you to miss this. Look at verse 3. Peter says, His divine power has given us everything. Can y'all just say with me everything? One more time. Come on. A little bit louder. There we go. So his divine power has given us everything. Don't miss that. Don't jump over that. Don't just go, oh, yeah, yeah, everything. That's great, Jesus or Peter, super. No, no, no. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. Everything required. Through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. He has given us everything. Let's go. Notice what he says is, it's kind of like my daughter who, he, she, she goes and she runs track every week. There's this girl who she races against who is naturally just an athlete. I mean, she's naturally built. She's tall. She's lean. She's got muscles. She is ready to go. She's in fifth grade. And I told Aubrey, I was like, she has the national, I mean, natural and raw talent to be a star when it comes to running. And what does she need to do? She needs to take that natural talent and put it to work. She needs to get going. She needs to add to her natural talent, what? Lifting weights, sprinting, all of those things to where if she just does that, she will be a superstar in racing, so to speak. That's the picture he's saying. I've given you all the nuts and bolts. I've given you all the strength. I've given you everything that you need for life and godliness. Now get to work. Add this to your faith. You've got it all. You got all the natural, but really the spiritual requirements to live this out. Now get to work, people. Get to work, church. That's what he's saying. I've given you everything. And so I want to make a distinction. You're going to see it on the screen. He's not saying, he's not saying trying, but training. That's the picture in 1 Peter. Not trying, but training. Here's the difference. So during uh, this summer, uh, I went and started playing a 
sport, if you call it that, I don't know, pickleball. Okay? Sports? Is that sport? Anybody? Yeah? No? Okay. No, a lot of you don't care. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So pickleball, I started playing. I played a lot of ping pong. I like tennis. And so I was like, I'm going to get in there. And I thought I was going to do really well. I got in there and everybody destroyed me. So it didn't matter how hard I tried. It didn't matter if I hit it harder or softer or gentler or ran more. It didn't matter what I do. I lost the game. I missed the shot. I dropped the match. And I was in there and I was trying, 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 thinking, surely if I just try a little harder, it'll get better, right? There's another guy who was there. His name was Kyle. Kyle was a really good tennis player. So he just assumed he's going to come in there and crush it. So he gets there and he can hit the ball. He can play around. He can run. He's quick. He's in shape, all that. He can't serve the ball for nothing. I mean, he couldn't get it into the square for, to save his life. Okay, and so he's getting frustrated. You know what he did? He showed up again, and he showed up again, and he showed up again, and he applied, and he served, and he served, and he served again and again and again. He wasn't just there to try. He was there to train. He wanted to actually learn the discipline of the sport, if you can call that again, right? What's the picture? The picture is trying it says, I'm going to give this a shot. If I don't get a quick result or a quick fix, I'm done. You can pack it up. Training is not a quick fix. Training says, hey, I'm going to get in and whether I see results, whether I feel it or not, whether I think it's going well or not, I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to do it. That's training. And that's what he's talking about in this text Peter is saying, I'm not asking you to try this and just to go, all right, I'll give it a shot for a week. No, no. He says, I want you to do this in your life. I want you to actually get up. It's like the ball. If I set the ball down, nothing's going to move the ball until I actually kick it or pick it up and throw it. If you don't get up and say, I'm going to live out my faith, I'm going to add these things, I'm going to show up and engage and invite, and I'm going to add these things. If you don't do anything, nothing will happen. Not trying, but training. Paul David Tripp said it this way. He said, the character and quality of our life is forged in little moments. We tend to back away from the significance of these little moments because they are little moments. They seem insignificant. But these are the moments that make up our lives. That's what training is. It's capturing the moments every day and saying, no, no, I'm going to apply this. I'm going to live this. I'm going I'm to go for this. Not a quick fix, but building habits into your life. There was a professor who beat this theme into our heads in college all the time. He would say, God is not in a hurry. He grows people. God is not in a hurry. He grows people. And you see it all throughout the scriptures. You think, my goodness, Moses was in the desert for 40 years. And God's saying, I'm not in a hurry. I'm growing you. God is not in the business of being in a hurry. He's growing you. He's growing your faith. He's growing your life. And you need to train and not try in this life. And so I want to say it again. Be here. Engage and invite Believe that God can change your life as you add these things according to the scriptures. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you for this series. I pray that it would be helpful. 
God, I pray that it would be useful. And God, that we wouldn't just try, but that we would say, we're going to train God. We're, we're not just going to say, hey, we'll show up and try it out a week or try it out a couple of weeks or maybe even a month. No, no, we're going to stick through all seven weeks and we're going to say, God, would you speak? Would you move? Because I'm going to seek to live this out. And so help us to add to our faith these characteristics so that we may be fruitful, so that we may confirm our calling and our election, and that we may ultimately be with you forever. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.